Welcome to the second part of our Help Holy Spirit series. If you saw us last week, you would have noticed that we we're talking. We used the title Help Holy Spirit because we just recognised that uh, the Holy Spirit was given to by Christ um, as our helper, or was described by Christ as our helper, our counselor, our advocate. And so we called the whole se- whole series Help Holy Spirit. Now. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about the personal relationship we can have with the Holy Spirit. This week, we're actually going to talk a lot about His divinity. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as God and we can have a, and having a relationship with the Holy Spirit as our God. There's been a number of ways that the Holy Spirit has been tried to be described, or rather that the Trinity has been tried to be described. Some have talked about the Trinity and tried to... I guess illustrated as as one the Trinity is like the three states of water, uh, gas, which is the spirit, uh, ice, which is God, and Jesus, which is water, and it's trying to explain that it's all one substance but with different roles. Others have used the, a description of an egg. You've got the yolk, the white, the shell. Um, I don't know which one goes to which. None of the merit these metaphors really they really do justice, and I'm not going to try and use metaphors to describe the Holy Spirit like we can control him, like we can turn him into a particular part substance, whether he's gas or yoke or I want to more talk about the Holy Spirit as our God. And the reason why normally I stand up to preach, but the reason why I'm sitting down here at my desk is I wanted to do it in quite a relaxed way, but I wanted to talk about it also just just to, to deliberately go through a process of understanding the Holy Spirit as God. And to start with, I wanted to talk about that I wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit or the theology of the Holy Spirit as God. And there's one particular passage in the Bible which is which is very powerful and is used to, to just give a straight explanation that the Holy Spirit is God. And it's actually found in the book of Acts. And it's a story, it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira and Peter confronting them. And we read these words. There was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the property to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. You'll just notice that uh, Peter uses... This, 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 these words, the, he uses the name Holy Spirit and God interchangeably. What I find really interesting about it is that it's, there, it's actually quite a relational connection with God. You have lied to or you have deceived God or you have, you have, it's like you can, you can, it's like almost saying you've, you've said to God or you've related to God. And then he says, you've related to the Spirit. You've, you, you've said to the Spirit, you've lied to God and you've lied to the Holy Spirit. So for Peter, there was this, this, this statement uh, that the Spirit and God are one and the same, that Ananias and Sapphira lied. to He just interchanged them, which is a really good indication in the Bible that Peter saw God and the Holy Spirit as one. There's another whole other bunch of passages, which I'm going to read to you now, which connect with God being present in us as the Holy Spirit. Let me read some to you. 
1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same, this same Spirit living within you. That They are just full-on Trinity passages. Basically saying that as, as, as God resides in us, as Christ resides in us, it, it's the Spirit who resides in us and they're used interchangeably. One of the th other things that we read is about the Holy Spirit not only present in us as God, not only you can lie to God, lie to the Holy Spirit, like communicating or interchangeably using the terms God and Holy Spirit, but another aspect of we read in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit bringing a revelation from God himself. Uh, John 16, Jesus says these words, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He, he will tell you about the future. He will bring glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Let's glory to Jesus. All that belongs to the Father, God, that is, this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Sorry, I read that a little bit clunkily. But basically what's Jesus is saying, that what I receive from the Father, I will pass on to you through the Holy Spirit. It's this, this, this beautiful interchange between God the Father, Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. So no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own Spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. I love the metaphor, or not the metaphors, but the descriptive words used in, in that 1 Corinthians passage of knowing the deep secrets of revelation from God and the wonderful things that God has freely given us. This, it's like the Spirit, there's nothing off limits. It's not like the Spirit has to go and, and beg that God would give him information that he could pass on to us. They are interchangeable. They work as one. And, they, and the Holy Spirit reveals to us. He reveals to us the deepness of God, the secrets of God, and the wonderful things that God wants to impart to us. In 2, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, it says this, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Spirit and they spoke from God. Again, a picture of the Holy Spirit bringing a direct revelation from God. Then we've got all these beautiful Trinity statements. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says, May the God, grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That beautiful interchange. That, what about this one, 1 Corinthians 12? There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. We see just this inter. inter, inter Weaving of God, Lord, Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1, 2. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And His Spirit 
made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. It talks about the, the, the sacrifice of Christ. It talks about the God, the Father, knowing us long ago and the Spirit making us holy. All in beautifully weaved together in this one verse spoken by Peter. And then we read these words that many of us know about. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the devotions this week that we're reading out of The Forgotten God by Francis Chan, uh, there was a question raised. So who do we pray to? And it's a great question. And I, I really enjoyed the question because... You know, we can go straight to Matthew 6 and we can talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer. We pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When we, and, and that's a very, well, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then we can go to John 15 and we can talk about asking in the name of Jesus. Or we can actually go and talk about praying in the Spirit on all occasions. I know I want to grow into what appears in the New Testament to be a seamlessness around the, 20, uh, the Trinity when it comes to praying. A seamlessness around the Trinity when it comes to communicating. I, I've found it true of myself that I've been a bit clunky in my prayers. Who am I to pray to now? Who, how am I? And then what I've done for myself, and, and this is maybe something that's helpful, I've actually just learnt, you know, I'm going to think about my prayers and not be so general and just say, Lord... Um, I sometimes pray that in desperation, but maybe think, hey, there's times I want to pray in the name of Jesus or I have that this sense to pray in the name of Jesus. And there's times I want to pray with, a, with an awe of God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom of God, kingdom of God prayers. And there's times when I want to pray, Holy Spirit, groan for me. The Bible talks about he groans for us. Um, Holy Spirit, uh, bring revelation. Be my counselor in this space. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we became seamless, like it seems that the New Testament writers are, in our communication with the Trinity, in our requests of the Trinity, in our worship of the Trinity. I hope the scriptures you've just said encourage you to, to, to a deeper longing for the Holy Spirit, to worship him, adore him, ask of him, pray in the spirit with him without an exclusion of praying in Christ's name, celebrating that we, we have Jesus in, in us. Surely he's with us to the end of the age, uh, acknowledging that God has a deep and wonderful relationship with us. Where I wanted to take us now is not so much the theology of the Holy Spirit as God, which I, I hope you've really enjoyed that, that first sort of section of this message, but the functions of the Holy Spirit as God. Let's consider how the Holy Spirit functions as God in our life. And what I mean by that is sometimes we cry out to God to function in a certain way and realize it's actually been described in the New Testament particularly, um, and sometimes in the Old, that that's how the, that the Holy Spirit will fulfill that function that we're crying out to God for. And our cry out is, help Holy Spirit, or help us our God. Uh, let, let's, let's look at these functions of the Holy Spirit as God in our lives. 
The Holy Spirit helps us by establishing our relationship with God. Through the Spirit, and let me read to you about, about this in a wonderful way. It's through the Spirit we've received the Spirit of adoption as children, which leads us into this beautiful intimacy with our Heavenly Father. Let me read to you. So you have not received a Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father, for His Spirit joins with our Spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. The Spirit bears witness to our spirit that we are His children. We cry out, to, we, we acknowledge that we are a child of God, and we've, but, but it's the Holy Spirit that really affirms that in, in our life. He acts as, He is God affirming that in our life. See, the Holy Spirit is establishing our relationship with God and establishing our hope. Let's read, to, let's read from Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a confident hope that we are connected to God, that we are his children. So we can cry out, help Holy Spirit, give us that hope and that intimacy of a relationship with God. We can cry out, Holy Spirit, help us focus our lives. Because the Holy Spirit actually is described as one who he gives us purpose and a unique contribution to God's plans. This is how he functions as a God in our life. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, this one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to, to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts which focus our lives in a, to be obedient to God and to fulfill the, the call to extend the kingdom of God. Let me give you an, another example in, in the Bible where the Holy Spirit sets apart Paul and Barnabas. We read in, in, in the book of Acts, one day as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have called them to. Oh, let's get excited about the Holy Spirit calling us, setting us apart, giving us a task, giving us a, a, a work in the kingdom of God. Let's get excited that the Spirit is actually actively seeking out to, 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 to guide us. I want to go back to a quote which many have talked to me about since I shared it last weekend. And it's from Tori. It says this. If you think of the Holy Spirit as so many Christians do today as a mere influence or power, then your thought will be constantly, how can I get hold of the Holy Spirit and use it? But if you think of him in the biblical way as a person of divine majesty and glory, your thought will be, how can the Holy Spirit get hold of me and use me? The Holy Spirit basically wants to, in the old Blues Brothers uh, movie from all those years, decades and decades ago, the Holy Spirit wants to, to, to give us a mission from God. 
a purpose from God, a purpose in life. And we need purpose. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, it says, Never be lacking in zeal or enthusiasm or passion, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And it actually says in the Greek translation, keep your spirit, keep your spirit burning serving the Lord. As we serve the Lord, we can expect the Holy Spirit to gift us, equip us and get us on, on board with the work of the kingdom of God. And at that, in a world that's looking and longing for purpose, we've been given, God has, 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 has deposited himself in our lives through the Holy Spirit to give us a focus and a direction. All we need to do is surrender, not asking the Holy Spirit for things of our own gain, but asking the Holy Spirit, um, I'm yours. See, the Holy Spirit can not only help us, I, I've, I've gone through a few things, he helps us uh, establish our relationship with God, focus our life. But the Holy Spirit, he, He's here to counsel our life, to be our counselor. John chapter 14, we, we said it, He's going to reveal those secrets and deep secrets and wonders which we read in 1 Corinthians 2. But John chapter 14, Jesus actually described Him as the counselor. Let's go back to that 1 Corinthians 2 passage because it's pretty cool. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a, thoughts, uh, a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. We've received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. The Counselor aims to actually reveal he wants to counsel us into God's secrets, his deep secrets and his wonders that he has for us. He wants to counsel us and guide the way. We'll go to the Psalm, Psalm 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, you for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm rooting. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm rooting. Do you know the Bible is called a sword of the spirit in Ephesians chapter 6? If you're wondering how to tap into the counselor, the counselor will not do anything apart from the word of God. The Holy Spirit, he will, he will illuminate the word of God to us. Tori actually says these, this, these words. God's work is accomplished by the word and the spirit or rather by the Spirit through the Word. The secret of effectual living is knowing the power of the Spirit through the Word. The secret of effectual service is using the Word in the power of the Spirit. Can I say to you, opening up the Word of God and asking, saying, Holy Spirit, sword, like tree, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, illuminate this to me. The Word of God is meant to be powerful and, and, and a sword in our hand to fight the battles that we face. The counselor will take the Word of God and he will use the Word of God to strengthen us when we feel weak, to, to, to cast out all fear, to f replace fear with faith, to, to encourage us to stand firm and to push on, to, to, to comfort us and to lead us beside still waters and restore our souls. We'll read Psalm 23 about the Good Shepherd. And when we ask the Holy Spirit to, to bring his counsel through it, it will be more than just words on a page. It will actually bring restoring of our soul. It will lead us in paths of righteousness. Those, those word, he, he, will, he will take the word of God and, and, and sink it deep in our hearts. As our counselor, he will help us. He will help us help us overcome 
difficulties. The Holy Spirit is here to help us overcome difficulties. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that leads to death. When we are feeling condemned, when we are feeling like um, we're not worthy, the Holy Spirit will step in. The Holy Spirit will step in and will set us free from those, from that. His convictions never lead to condemnation. His convictions don't lead to guilt and shame. His convictions lead to freedom, life-giving freedom from the power of sin to life. The Holy Spirit will help us stand strong in suffering. When we follow Jesus, there will be times when we suffer let me read to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. So you receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. The Holy Spirit will strengthen us when difficulties come in following Jesus. Following Jesus is about taking up your cross daily and following him. And there'll be trials. There'll be There'll be difficulties. But our, our Holy Spirit, we can cry out to him for help and he will strengthen us for the journey. Let me read to you Romans chapter 8 verses 9 and 11 where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom, it says. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. You know, the struggle against the sinful nature, the struggle against all sorts of things that, that are in our flesh. He says you are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. So the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, that saw victory over sin, lives in you and me. The Holy Spirit, he's here for us to, to defeat the enemy, to defeat the flesh. We know that the sinful nature and the flesh in Galatians 5, is a, there's a battle going on. But the same Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. And the battle can be won. We're in a world that's plagued with despair and, 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 and trial and death and struggle. This is a profound truth that the Holy Spirit, we can turn to and say, Holy Spirit, help us overcome the, 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 the struggles, the addictions, the seductions, all the things that the enemy brings, that our flesh brings. The Holy Spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. And of course, we all, many of us will know this famous passage in Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against such things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the sinful, uh, nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. 
Uh, I, many, many years ago, read this quote by Jerry Bridges when he, dis, when, he dis, when he talked about this passage, this living in the Spirit and bearing these fruits. He said these words, Only the Holy Spirit can orchestrate such a diverse and well-rounded development of Christian character. When I read those words, only the Holy Spirit can orchestrate such a diverse and well-rounded development of Christian character. My mind went to an image of juggling, and and it's when I when I think I've just grabbed a few things to to, to juggle, and 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 sometimes we think of the, we think of. Uh, our Christian life, or, or the living by the Spirit and bearing fruit, as a, as as, a, as almost a jo- we've got to have love and joy, and I've got to have love, I've got to have love, and I've got to have joy, and got to have joy, and then we've got to have peace, and we've got to have peace, and then somehow we've got to like juggle all these things together, and 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 we end up just dropping them. Everything's being dropped here. We end up dropping them all because we're trying so hard in our own strength to live more loving, live more joyful, live more peace, live more patience, live kinder, live good, gooder, live faithfulness, live with faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter five, that is all the work of the Holy Spirit. That's all God in us. God will orchestrate that in us. We can cry out to the Holy Spirit. To orchestrate such a diverse and amazing, well-rounded Christian character. Few more, few more to go. Holy Spirit helps us, helps to, to strengthen us, and He strengthened, uh, He strengthened us by connecting us to God's love. Paul cried in Ephesians chapter three. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. The Holy Spirit is going to grab hold of our lives and dig our roots down deep into Christ Jesus that we would be strong. No shallow root system here. Deep tap roots into the love of God. He will, the Holy Spirit, He will strengthen us in God's love. He will strengthen us in our struggle. We read in Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Oftentimes we quote those last words, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. But we forget the context is saying the Holy Spirit's going to do the, he's going to do the orchestrating, that he's going to work the good things in us. We can cry out, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to what to say, groan on my behalf for the good things that you want to work together in my life. And of course, we know there's this, some of these famous passages, which we'll get to later in the series, where the Holy Spirit, he comes in and he helps us be a witness into God's word. See, so much of what we talked about already is about the Holy Spirit and our personal relationship with him. But the Holy Spirit, he's, he's on mission. He's on mission. 
We read in, in Mark chapter 13, verse 11, that we will be in places where we're not going to know what to say when, we're, when God sends us out according to his purposes. But we read these words. But when you are tested and stand, when, sorry, but when you are arrested and stand trial, maybe tested's good for us. Don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time. For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Wow. There's so many things I don't know what to say. But there's this thing. But when you're arrested or tested or stand trial, don't worry in advance. Get ready for the Holy Spirit who sent you into this mission to give you the words. Get ready for the Holy Spirit to come upon you in power as you witness. Let's go to Acts 1.8. But you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling me people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I heard Rick Warren talk about this. He said, you know, um, we're not the judge. We're not the jury. We're not the lawyers. We're the witnesses. And all we and we and and we've got the power of the Holy Spirit. He's he's going to he's going to actually come and he's going to to to, to inspire our witness. He's going to give me words to say when we stand on trial or we're in trouble. He's going to empower our witness and we'll get we'll give testimonies of hope that we have within us. To One Peter three. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit. Has a, do, has a desire and a plan through us to grow his church. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. We'd be crazy to not have the Holy Spirit alive and well in our church. He is the one that will encourage us. He is the one who will help see our church grow. And to see the church, not just our church, but the church of Christ grow. The Holy Spirit has, I hope that today's message, the Holy Spirit has, has encouraged you and I to welcome him. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Help, Holy Spirit, as our God. Well, as we have explored the person and God of the Holy Spirit over these first two weeks, the question I have is back to Tori a little bit, and I'll come back to it when I talk about being being filled with the Holy Spirit in a couple of weeks' time. The question I have is, are we ready to surrender to his will, to his work, but even more to a personal relationship with him. <laughs> I was talking to Scott Dawkins and Scott said, sometimes I think we treat the Holy Spirit as an awkward uncle who will only, we only sort of engage with on special family occasions. Whereas the Holy Spirit is in us and he wants to be our friend and he wants to engage with us every day. So I ask you today, would you turn to to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord and say, I'm yours. Take hold of me. I'm yours. No more of me. No more of what I want. No more of treating you, Holy Spirit, like you're somebody who can give me stuff 
or be a force that I need to tap into from time to time. But Holy Spirit, I'm yours. I'm yours. No more awkward uncles, but an intimate relationship with him. I'll leave you to sit in that and yet to pray. I hope that I end up with a, a this almost seamless relationship with God the Father, Christ the Son and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I pray that I'll become like the New Testament uh, writers who seem to just weave from one to the other with with a, with a, with a, an ease or with a with a joy. Let me pray that that's what we become. Heavenly Father, we honour you as our Lord. Hallowed be your name. Christ Jesus, we ask and thank you that you are our friend. We ask things in your name because you said if we ask in your name, it will be given to us. And so, Lord, and when I use that word, Lord, I, I, I want to get used to using it about God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would form our character. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would become friends with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us as we've described today and in these past week or so. Holy Spirit, we are yours. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for sanctifying us. Thank you for securing our eternity. And thank you for being God in us. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Maybe the prayer was a bit clumsy, a bit clunky, but I know God knows my heart and he knows yours. Maybe be a bit clunky and a bit clumsy and a bit personal with our God. Look forward to going into the rest of the series together. Um, two weeks down, but it's not a series, as I said last week. We want to actually come out of this with a relationship, not a doctrine, with the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening.